I had a very simple question for my co-hosts tonight. Uh, who is on the top of Santa's naughty list? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go first because I have a feeling after the movie that I chose for Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire, I'm going to be at the top of just about everybody's list, so I'm going to go ahead and name myself as well. Uh, Lydia. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. After making us watch that atrocity, yeah, you're definitely at the top of Santa's naughty list, okay? Tabitha. We'll get into gut reaction, or, uh, uh, oh my god, I can't even brain anymore. Um, dumpster fire thing, guilty pleasure, whatever it's called, the movie. Later. But you're not on the top of my list. Um, I'm going to round out the year with my best friend, George R. R. Martin, still on the top of my list, because I still don't have Winds of Winter. But it's not you. If he had released Winds of Winter this year. And that depends on how Winds of Winter had gone. Oh, fair, fair. And Matt. Um, I, you know, I tried to come up with something <laughs> geeky and nerdy, and all I can come up with is political. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So, as I've said, we've got a stack show tonight. We've got Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire. We have a really big trailer takedown. I'm kind of excited for your... Uh, thoughts and opinions on what we're doing but we're going to start off tonight uh we got a couple of press releases and then also got a couple of books to talk about uh both the press releases are from z2 the first one uh z2 comics and authentic brands group which is the owner of the elvis presley estate uh has announced an original graphic novel telling the story of the king himself elvis the graphic novel will be released in august of 2021 and is available for pre-order on z2's website Hmm. I wonder if they're going to release it during Elvis week, then, if it's in August. Oh, I didn't know that Elvis week was a thing. It is. It's a big thing down in in Memphis. There's all sorts of uh, contests and events and everything that goes on. Nice. Um, And I I didn't write down all the details, but I know that, because Z2 has done this with some other books before, where they have a lot of different... Um, editions, you know, there's like a deluxe and a super deluxe, you know, things like that. And one of them um, includes a soundtrack to the graphic novel to have, you know, like songs playing that match, you know, the scenes going on. So that's really cool. Uh, Also from Z2, Rising Rap Star Rico Nasty has co-written a comic book, uh, comic book tie-in to her album Nightmare Vacation titled Nightmare Vacay. Uh, the book is available to pre-order and will be released in January. It can't be as bad as Logic's novel. I forgot you read that on accident. I accidentally read that. I'm. <laughs> How do you accidentally read something? Well, let's just put it this way. I am who I am. <laughs> and I didn't realize that he was a rapper when I read it. I didn't read the back. I mean, I didn't read like the bio to be fair it wouldn't have mattered if it was a rapper it was a terrible book no matter who wrote it true all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so first thing that we're going to review tonight uh is the picture of everything else it's out december 23rd from vault comics written by dan waters with art by uh kishon mohan uh so it's the start of the 20th century and a string of murders have taken place in paris Two art thieves stumble upon portraits of the deceased uh, damaged in the same manner their subjects died. Uh, For me, I felt like this book had kind of a slow beginning. um, And maybe maybe it was partially because I read it this morning with breakfast and I was still kind of waking up, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But it was I fell into one of those traps where I'm reading. But then my mind starts wandering, and then I'm like, wait, what did I miss out on? And so I have to go back and reread. And, and while it's not necessarily the book's fault that I got mad about that, but I got mad about that. <laughs> but anyway, so 
All that said. But there is a couple of points about midway through the book that caught my attention. And I was like, oh, okay then. You know, um, once we kind of first started to get the pieces put together that this uh, artist isn't really all that he says that he is, it got really interesting for me. And I think this is going to end up being a pretty good story. Uh, Matt, I know you read it. What did you think? Yeah, I kind of have to agree. Um that there were definitely some parts early on that I felt were a little slow going to get into things. Um, but definitely like, I think it's like a, about halfway or a little past halfway where you get this almost like a, uh, almost like a jump scare type of moment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, and that really like, that really brought me back to like wanting to finish this. Cause like I was starting to kind of wander as you did, um, early on, but that moment really brought me back in. And, um, yeah, I think this is going to turn out to be like pretty interesting. Um, I I think I thought this was probably going to be a little bit darker from just like the rest of the, the nightfall vault titles and maybe it will be. Um, but right now it's just looking to be kind of interesting. Um, my only, my only real gripe, and this is one of those things, it's like an art style thing for me. I really like the art, but when you get some, sometimes when you get these watercolor type of artist art styles, and then you get the hard edged, um, like dialogue balloons, mm-hmm. it is kind of distracting to me because it's like, those don't match the rest of the art style, like the, the rest of the panel. So, I, I mean, if that could have blended a little bit better, I would, you know, I would have enjoyed it, but overall, um, like I, like you said, Mitch, I think this is going to be an interesting one to see where this goes. Uh, also out December 23rd, uh, this one is from Oni Press. It's the Invader Zim Quarterly Holiday Special, written by Eric Trueheart with art by Aaron uh, Alexovich. So the, uh, the holiday special features three holiday stories uh, with uh, the ghosts of Fistmas a floating Santa being, and a look in Professor Membrane's past. Uh, Lydia, what'd you think? I love Invader Zim anyway, and this was just amusing. I especially like the uh, like Christmas Carol story, because, mm-hmm. yeah, that one was just great. Some of the little like banter back and forth is really fun. And honestly, it made, just it makes me want to go back and watch more of the show because I could hear the voices as I was reading it. <laughs> but like even like little things like, is this stupid tunnel necessary? It's it's for atmosphere. So no. <laughs> <laughs> like just little things like that are great. Tabitha, what do you think? Um, after I got past that, they kept saying fistmas over and over and over. <laughs> Invader Zim is one of those like nostalgia things for me from like mid high school years and I hadn't really thought about Invader Zim in a hot minute and then like we got this and I was like okay um I agree with Lydia like the Christmas Carol retelling with Zim where he's like raging about it I'm like relatable (laughs) because if you drag me out of bed in the middle of the night to tell me how crappy of a person I am and be like yeah I'm going back to bed I know. Good night. Like, I just, it, it was relatable and cute, and I really liked it. Matt, what about you? <laughs> I have to agree. I love Invader Zim. It definitely makes me want to go back and watch the cartoon because I have not done that in way too long. Um, and yeah, I think I have to agree that my, like, my favorite story was the Christmas Carol one, uh, especially in the fact that they're like, when, when he basically gets mad because he's, he's like, well, have I had my epiphany yet? Can I be done? He's like, just let me go home, go to bed. So, fun fact, this was my first exposure to Invader Zim. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I remember in high school, a friend of mine uh, tried to get me into it. And I just, I, I avoided it like the plague for some reason. And it's just one of those shows that I never went to. But that said... Uh, I'm sure that there are, were a lot of like references and inside jokes that I missed out on, uh, but I thought it was a pretty fun take on a lot of different holiday themes. You know, obviously the Christmas Carol, the, the Fistmas one, I I loved. Also, I I really enjoyed the third story with the professor mm. trying to figure out like like 
he <laughs> understood that Santa's not real, but it's like, but he can't comprehend that anybody would give socks for a Christmas present. And I was like, what if child has it. not done something like that? <laughs> well, maybe not quite to his extent, but still. My, my thought was just, you haven't met my family because if we don't get socks, we get mad. <laughs> <laughs> just, like plain, just like plain white socks? Socks in general, fuzzy socks, just some, some kind of socks. There's always socks for some, like almost everybody in my family under the tree every year, pretty much. <laughs> we're, we're not normal. It's fine. <laughs> So uh, before we get into trailer takedown, uh, Tabitha, I know that there was something that you really wanted to talk about uh, regarding Burn. So I, uh, classic me, uh, thought we were getting an extra week this month, evidently. And so I posted stories like this was any other, you know, week of the month. And it's, it's not because, you know, it's the last week before Christmas and that we're done. Anyway, in my massive stories that I posted early, by the way, for the first time ever on a week I didn't need to post stories. Um, Wait, I never, I never even noticed. Did you, you posted stories? Yeah, I posted yes. stories on Monday and I was like, I'm early, you're welcome. And then we were sitting at the dinner table <laughs> yesterday, Tuesday, and yeah, I was like, like, did I need to do that? And then I texted you and I was like, did I need to do that? Like, did you delete it? Yes, I deleted it because I didn't need to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Carry on. No, you're not busy. I literally thought there was an extra week. Like all month I've been like, okay, I have this much time till this happens. I have this much time till this happens. And I've like, I've built my own week between this week and next week. And doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Only in my head does this extra time exist. Anyway, um, Patrick Ness, who is one of my all-time favorite authors, um, his book, Burn, was optioned for um, television. J.J. Uh, Abrams um, will be um, adapting it with his bad robot production group or whatever. Um, it's going to be with Warner Television, and there's not a whole lot of information. Like, obviously, we have no casting. We have no release date. But the option has been bought. And I'm stoked. Uh, Patrick Ness is kind of a speculative fiction writer. Um, sometimes there's a little fantasy mixed in. Most of the time it's young adult, but it's always very diverse. There's always, you know, some, some kind of something happening in the background that is kind of like a moral story. Um, example, um, the Monster Calls movie that came out not long ago mm -hmm. uh, with Liam Neeson voicing the tree. That was a Patrick Ness book. Um, but anyway, Burn is actually set during the Cold War in America, but it's in an alternate reality where there are dragons that just exist and you can hire them to help you, you know, clear forest land or you can hire them to, you know, come pick up your car or even whatever. And there's this cult that worships dragons and then there's also just your average everyday people who need to hire dragons to do things for them and burn is the story of this cult and one of their assassins and there's a political atmosphere happening in the background that's based on the cold war but is also super relatable to now it's just it's a really well written book and i want to see how they're going to do this but mostly I'm glad Bad Robot has a hold of it because there's a lot of dragons and I want them to do that justice. So a little bit of breaking news that I got real excited about, even though I didn't have to talk about anything this week. <laughs> but no, um, that sounds awesome. And you got me at dragons in almost present day who can pick up your car. Like, can, can you hire a dragon to like cook a pizza real quick? Yeah, you can hire a dragon to do pretty much anything. Um, the people in this book, it's set in the 50s, and in place of hiring, like, farm equipment or renting farm equipment because they're very poor, they hire a dragon to fly in and burn down all their land so they can plant for the season. And that's kind of how the book starts. That sounds amazing. Super good book. <laughs> Super good book. So we are going to get going with some trailer takedown. Uh, so like we talked about, on last week's show, uh, Disney decided to be like, hey, we're going to dump all this stuff on you. And we're like, 
oh, but we have all this other stuff to talk about, so, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, so there were eight trailers slash, like, a couple, like, sizzle reels, if you will. But we're going to have them all duke it out. Uh, for the most part, I pitted Marvel versus Star Wars. Uh, the first one is Falcon and Winter Soldier versus Star Wars and or. I rated this. I gave Falcon and Winter Soldier eight points and Andor two, mostly because um, I felt kind of bad for this. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like it was a proper trailer. It got me excited for the movie. Whereas Andor was like, hey, this is some cool stuff that's going to happen, but like it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be cool, but I already know that Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be cool. So, uh, Matt, what about you? I am going to go, I think I'm going nine for Falcon Winter Soldier and one for Andor. Um, one of my favorite things about Star Wars in general are these characters that you don't get, that are critical to the story, but you don't get their entire story, um, leaving so much more open to discovery. Andor is one of those characters. Um, I wouldn't say having finished Rogue One that I needed to know more about Cassian Andor. Um, I think it's going to be cool to see some backstory and some stuff about him. Um, but yeah, as far as you said, it's more of a sizzle reel, some back. Uh, like behind the scenes stuff and Falcon Winter Soldier I know this is going to be a TV show but this looks like a trailer for a full blown movie mm-hmm. it looks fantastic also the witty banter already between the two of them can't wait to see how that plays out Tabitha um, I'm also going to take Matt's numbers of 9 and 1 um, th- my, the only thing about the Andor little teaser or whatever that got any kind of riser reaction out of me was the fact that Diego Luna was like, I thought we were just going to have a one-off movie. Bro, have you seen Star Wars? When have they ever done like a one-off of anything? Like, one, one, we can make five or seven or nine and nobody will even notice. Like, we'll just keep going. Like, we're going to, like, when they had Rogue One, I was like, okay, so we're going to get Rogues one, two, and three, right? Okay. Um, so it's pretty cute that he thought they were done. Um, I agree though like falcon winter soldier just it looks like a movie and i'm ready to see grumpy bucky with like falcon's like optimism i'm i'm ready to see how that plays off of each other so i'm ready lydia uh i'm gonna go with your numbers mitch um yeah falcon winter soldier definitely had a much better feel as far as an overall trailer the banter between them is great. They, the two of them have a great chemistry already, and I want to see more of that. I don't have a lot of Star Wars knowledge to begin with, and the, the sizzle reel trailer, whatever you want to call it for this, didn't really give me enough to be like, oh, I'm interested in this. But I did like the fact that they're being like, hey, yes, this is a TV series, but we're putting as much uh, love and care and detail into all of this stuff as you would a full-length movie. So I can appreciate that. So, eight and two. Um, All right. So, next matchup is WandaVision versus What If. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you. So, this WandaVision trailer gave me more than the last one. And now I'm actually excited for this. Um, Like, it gave me more of the plot versus just, like, the, like the way it's going to look. Like, I actually know what the show is now, or at least a little bit more. Um, the What If trailer, I have a hard time with Star Wars Marvel cartoons anyway. I don't know why I always have. But I like the the twist of this. And also, I have had the thought, what happens if Doctor Strange meets Doctor Strange from, like, a different dimension? Like, how does that fight work? Like, I've had that <laughs> thought in my head, like, a million times. So I'm a little intrigued, but I'm going to go six for WandaVision and four for What If. Uh, Matt? Um, yes, this WandaVision trailer finally gives us a little bit more plot, if you will, um, for what's actually happening in this series. Um, in the past, all we've gotten is, you know, like you, we have these multiple time windows <gasps> where they are existing. 
don't really know any more than that. This we're getting a little bit more. And also with some of that, you get the bigger, fuller production that we're kind of seeing with Falcon Winter Soldier. So there's going to be more to this than just, you know, them in the house. Um, what if I've always loved the Marvel, what if comics, um, some of those are some of my favorite ones I've ever picked up. Um, I, I don't, the animation style looks kind of cool, but how this, how those comics play out in a animated series. I don't know. I guess I'm a little iffy on that. I will wary. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I think I have to, to follow tab. I have to go six for WandaVision and four for whatever. WandaVision looks really interesting, but um, at this point, I'm still not far enough into the actual MCU that I've even met those characters. So I feel like I'm losing some knowledge and some attachment to them at, because of that. And probably some like storyline continuity that would help understand. Um, but it does look really interesting and it makes me want to get that far into the series to actually know what's going on. Um, Honestly, though, of all the trailers, like, what if someone that grabbed my attention the most? Um, it threw me for a second that it was animated compared to the rest of the MCU being live action. But I like the idea that they're taking, like, these alternate timelines that could have happened and showing you what it would have looked like. And not only that, that all of the characters look like their live action counterparts. So... I'm actually going to go flip-flop to Matt and Tabitha, and I'm going to say six to what if in four to one division. Um, excuse me. I uh, gave each one five. I was equally excited by both of these trailers. Uh, what if excites me because I am a sucker for alternate universe, alternate timeline, that kind of thing. WandaVision looks fantastic and it looks weird and creepy and like I got a little bit of suspense especially when that uh when Wanda's asking you know the uh neighbor or whatever she's like you know who are you or what are you doing here mm -hmm. or something like that and then the neighbor's like I don't know like <laughs> I was like okay this I I am weirded out by that so uh but yeah like I cannot wait for either one of these so with a score of 21 to 19 wandavision moves on next up is loki versus the bad bitch and <laughs> you know i hadn't thought that until i watched the trailer and that was the first thing i saw and i'm like darn it bitch. <laughs> i don't care that's what i'm calling it from now on i it's it's fine <laughs> And uh, Lydia, let's start with you on this one. I just completely blanked. Loki, that was the first one. Um, again, I'm listing a lot because I haven't seen that far into the MCU. But Loki and Tom Hiddleston and the little bit that you I did understand is very intriguing to me. And um, yeah, that, that trailer was just fun, even if I did understand what was going on. <laughs> um bad bitch as you want to put it um, <laughs> again not much star wars knowledge but this just looked like let me cram as many fight scenes into one trailer as i possibly can like is there any more to this show or is that all your is, is that all it is so um i'm gonna go nine to loki and one to that all right um i gave loki seven points uh Loki has been one of my favorite MCU characters and to see like this story around him, like again, like it looks really cool. It almost looks, there are different facets to the story. It kind of looks a little bit like a, uh, like a spy mystery, a little bit of adventure, you know, that kind of thing. Um, also seeing Loki dressed up as like the, politician or whatever at the end you know with the vote loki there's a mini series uh called vote loki and like that is taken straight from it and i was like oh that's fantastic i need to go back and reread that i am giving bad bitch three points i want to like this cartoon um i'm not saying that i don't like it but kind of echo lydia it was like i didn't know what was going on 
it looks cool. It looks awesome. But I just, I didn't have any kind of plot information or anything like that. So, Tabitha. Yeah, with the bad bitch, um, which now is forever going to be called that. Um, (laughs) You you gave, like, they gave us no storyline. Like, I don't know what it's about. I don't know where it takes place. I don't know anything. I don't know anything from watching that. Also, as referenced before, I have a hard time with, like, the Marvel and Star Wars cartoons. I've tried to watch Clone Wars, like, 400 times, and I can't get into it. Also... I would watch Tom Hiddleston watch paint dry. So I'm going to give Loki nine and bad bitch one. Mostly I'm giving bad bitch one because you keep calling it bad bitch and it makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt. Um, So I know that there has been talk as far as the Loki series that he is not going to be like, he's going to be not the main character. Like there's going to be other versions of Loki that we see. Um, this entire trailer is all Tom Hiddleston and spoiler alert. If you haven't seen far enough in the Marvel universe, you might want to plug your ears. Um, um, the death of Loki was one of the most traumatic deaths in the entire MCU. Um, to be able to go back and visit him, even if it's an alternate story, no matter what this is more Tom Hiddleston as Loki all for it. Um, as far as bad bitch, um, I don't know. It makes me want to go back and watch the clone wars and the other star Wars animated series. Um, but kind of like everybody else said, there's just no plot. This is all action in the trailer. So, um, let's go seven for Loki and three for star Wars, bad bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's safe to put my ears back on. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So with 32 to eight, Loki moves on. Last one um, for the first round, Ms. Marvel versus Rogue Squadron. Um, I can't remember. Matt, I haven't started with you yet, right? No. Okay. This, it's hard to put points on this because as much as the Rogue Squadron, okay. So Rogue Squadron, as far as a trailer and a reveal goes, um, like Patty Jenkins talking about her family and history and what she's always dreamed of doing, fantastic. Can't wait to see her behind the camera for this movie in the Star Wars universe. Um, I have not read any Ms. Marvel. I've always wanted to, haven't gotten into it. Um, I I can't wait to see this character come alive in the MCU. I think that's going to be fantastic. It's going to be exactly what we need, what this world needs now um, is this type of character and a, like a coming of age story. Um, I'm just going to have to split down the middle and go five and five. Tabitha. So fun fact, uh, Miss Marvel, the first trade of those was like my resurgence of purchasing graphic novels again. Um, when those came out. So I have been kind of impatiently awaiting a Kamala Khan movie TV show. Um, because she is, one of, if not my favorite, like comic book only superheroes that I've ever encountered. Um, I cried reading the first issue just out of like sheer happiness, which almost never happens to me. I usually cry out of sadness or rage. Um, (laughs) So I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with this. And like the casting is great and they've done a really good job of like bringing in like, people of the same, you know, culture and background as the character and the author to make sure that they give this, you know, its own voice. And that's so great. But damn it. Every time Patty Jenkins opens her mouth, I cry. Like I, (laughs) that was 30 seconds. And I was like, man, I just had feelings. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, (laughs) I didn't want to have feelings in 30 seconds to watch Patty Jenkins put on a helmet. Like, that's not fair. I didn't say that. Um, so I'm going to agree with Matt. I'm going to go five and five. Um, that, that was hard. You had to, you had to put those two together, didn't you, you jerk? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go five and five because I, I don't feel like I can fairly give one more than the other. Um, I actually, I kept going back and forth and I've even got a lot of scratch marks on this one. <laughs> I ended up giving 
Ms. Marvel six points uh, versus Rogue Squadron's four. Uh, I love Patty Jenkins. She can do no wrong. Um, if she wants to direct the story of my coffee mug right here, like I will let her do it. You know, <laughs> um, it was a fantastic. You know, like the like you said, have like the thirty seconds where she was talking about her family and all this and that. Like, was phenomenal and. You know, seeing her like rollerblade away or whatever, and uh, you know, and then we see like the helmet, and we see the X-wing, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> um, <laughs> but the reason why I gave Ms. Marvel more was because at the end of the day, this was more like a trailer. It still wasn't quite a trailer, uh, but we did see a little bit of the TV show itself. Um, I'm a little apprehensive. I realize with, you know, a character such as Ms. Marvel, I mean, she is a teenager. This should be geared more towards that. But, like, I'm worried that, like, it almost felt, like, Disney Channel-y. And while I get that, yes, it'll probably be aimed towards a little bit of a younger audience, I'm still a little bit worried about that. But, Lydia. There's honestly not really anything I can add about either one of these trailers, so I'm just going to mirror Matt and Tabitha and say five and five. Well, because of me, Ms. Marvel squeaked out (laughs) just a little bit. Uh, So with a score of 21 to 19, Ms. Marvel moves on. All right, so we're running low on time, so with with the rest of them, we're just going to give points. Um, It's Falcon and Winter Soldier versus WandaVision. Uh, Tabitha. Uh, Ooh, uh... Eight to Falcon and Winter Soldier and two to WandaVision. Ooh, all right. Uh, Lydia. Mm, I'm going to say a little bit closer and go six uh, to Falcon and Winter Soldier and four to WandaVision. Um, I'm going to go seven to Falcon, three to Wanda. Matt. Uh, I'm with you, Mitch. Seven and three. All right. I'm not <laughs> even going to try to do the math. Falcon and Winter Soldier moves on. <laughs> All right, Loki versus Ms. Marvel. Uh, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off on this one. I am sorry, Kamala Khan. Your time is coming, and when it gets closer to your show, I will be very excited about it. I am going 10 for Loki, 0 for Ms. Marvel. Wow. I, I know. I am a terrible individual. <laughs> we already knew that. <laughs> Tabitha, how terrible am I? Um, I am going to go... Four, Loki. Six, Miss Marvel. Okay, 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 okay. Matt? Um, I am... <laughs> I also feel like a horrible human being. And part of this is because I don't know the character of Ms. Marvel as well as I would like to. I'm going to go seven, Loki, and three, Ms. Marvel. Lydia? It's okay. We can all be horrible humans together. Eight, Loki, two, Miss Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, Tabitha. Like I, <laughs> like I said... Okay. Ms. Marvel, your time is coming very soon. So (laughs) the final round of trailer takedown, it's Falcon and Winter Soldier teaming up against Loki. Uh, Matt. Oh, really? You got to start with me? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. um, I'm actually going to go six Falcon Winter Soldier and four for Loki. All right. Uh, Uh, Lydia. You know, I've been waiting for more Tom Hiddleston for a while, so I'm going to go seven for Loki and three for Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, I am going, I'm actually going to flip-flop with Matt. Six for Loki and four for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Tabitha. And I'm going to flip-flop with Lydia. Seven for Falcon and three for Loki. Guys, we Y'all, can't this have... is This is way more... up. <laughs> Guys, we can't have a tie. This is way more math. I'm not willing to do any more math today. I've done math all day. I don't want to do math at home. Don't make me do math. Fine. Fine. So Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki are the final trailer takedown of 2020 (laughs) co-champions. They have to share a trophy. Loki can have them Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Falcon, Winter Soldier, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, then they alternate Sundays. Boom. Very good. Yeah. Way to, like, yeah. Good job. All right. So I guess it's time to uh, 
talk about the elephant in the room or the elephant in the Zoom. Um, <laughs> what do you Oh, wait. <laughs> I forgot I had a bell again. Uh, it's probably a good thing that we uh, didn't start off with the shame bell count. Well, no, we never do that until last. No, right. <laughs> there, there's a reason for that. Right? <laughs> so December's pick was Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Uh, it tells the story of Kimar, uh, the king of Mars, who is worried that the children of Mars are watching too much Earth TV. So he kidnaps Santa <laughs> and two Earth children as well with an approximate $200,000 budget or almost $1.7 adjusted for inflation. Uh, as well as a 23% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Did Santa make a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire? One thing, um, I wanted to make sure to point this out. It really it has no bearing on the rest of our discussion at all. But uh, in my research with this movie, did you know that Santa Claus Conquers the Martians features the first televised appearance of Mrs. Claus. <laughs> she showed up, Rudolph premiered weeks later. I don't remember how many weeks, but like a few weeks later. And that could have been the first appearance of Mrs. Claus, but instead we got this one. So. <laughs> she was thrilled to be on TV too. <laughs> yeah. So what's good about Santa Claus Conquers the Martians? Um, I feel like nobody's going to have a whole lot to say, but for me, um, the song in the beginning is banging. <laughs> like, I know! <laughs> like, I had it stuck in my head all night! Same, same. So... Um, Tabitha, what did you like about this movie? Okay, so speaking of the song, I need everyone that I ever went to high school with to listen to it because it literally spells Santa Claus. And if I have to look at one more person, put an E at the end of Santa Claus on Facebook, I'm going to lose my ever love in mind. I loved this song. Like, I was like sitting there bebopping to it both times. And then at the end, they gave you the little sing-along moment. I'm like, oh my God, a sing-along. <laughs> I, I was definitely singing along. Not gonna yeah. lie. I wasn't just because Matt was also here and I didn't want him to leave. Um, <laughs> so I want to live in one of those Martian houses. Like real hard. Like that like mid-century space modern look is my jam. <laughs> and I want to live there. Um, also, this might have one of my favorite movie quotes of all time <laughs> in this movie. Uh, we do not have children on Mars. They have children's bodies, but adult minds. And now I've realized that I've been a Martian my whole life and everything is starting to make sense. <laughs> um, specifically, I am Voldar because Voldar, who is the villain, had my second favorite quote of the whole movie. Our children are fine the way they are. I don't want these Santa Claus bringing them toys and games. They'll start playing and laughing and running underfoot and they'll become a nuisance. So not only am I a Martian, I'm Voldar. One <laughs> um, uh, of my notes literally says I'm officially a Voldar stan. Like... <laughs> By the end of the movie, I was rooting for the villain, which, I mean, happens to me more than it doesn't. Um, I, uh, the, like, I, I hate, okay, I hate Santa Claus. I hate him. I hate him with the passion of 10,000 burning suns. But wow. this, I, I have a lot of issues with Santa. Um, <laughs> but this iteration and the man who played him, like, actually made me feel joy and that's the only time that's ever happened watching somebody portray santa claus in my whole life other than tim allen and i know what that says about me but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> lydia what did you like about this movie you know i've been sitting here trying to think of something while she was <laughs> talking and literally the only thing i could come up with was that the polar bear that was very obviously a person in a suit that just got to chase children into a cave and I'm just disappointed that he didn't get a midnight snack. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? Um, I mean, the guy that played Santa was actually pretty good as Santa, which, like, for this particular 
budgeted film. Like, I don't know. He, sometimes you, you see these, these people playing Santa and you're like, how do you, what? You don't, you don't even look or sound or feel like Santa. This guy really kind of did. He had the jolly ho, ho, ho. The, um, yeah, the laugh was a little obnoxious, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I got. All right. Uh, you remind me of something else that I didn't like. <laughs> that you didn't like? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, what's wrong with Santa Claus Conquers the Martians? Um, Lydia, I want to start with you because I feel <laughs> because like... you feel might... like that? You feel like I have the longest list? You, you might. You might. I <laughs> I ended up with a longer list than I originally thought. Like, when, like just mentally, when I was thinking about it, I only had, like, maybe two or three things. But as I'm writing, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the polar bear. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Lydia, take it away. See, I got to disagree with you guys, because from the start, that song started, and I automatically wanted to shut the thing off. <laughs> <laughs> but then what was with the... the TV interview thing going on at the beginning because isn't the entire idea of Santa Claus the fact that like no one actually knows where the North Pole is like you you can't just go like talk to Santa Claus in his workshop that's not a thing (laughs) somebody got a press pass (laughs) also like the Martian kids I wish it was that easy to put a child to sleep like go to bed here I'm gonna push a button to put you to sleep now god I wish it was that easy (laughs) Um, there's just so much. The the body paint is awful, <laughs> and and I actually said this last night. I want to know the little like pipey thing off the top of their helmet. Is that like a one of the like the things that Bane wears? And if you pop one of those loose, he just like deflates and they're gone. Like what what happens if you do that? Like gas pipe. It's a milk bar. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> the, pipe, the pipe was actually like gas tubing that you put like to your furnace. I was distracted by the milk frother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Santa Claus was obnoxious. The children were soulless. <laughs> like the longer I watched this movie, the more I just wanted to shut it off. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, stop there. I could keep going, but I'll stop. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so. Yeah, like uh, to kind of echo the the body paint or the face paint or you know what have you, uh, it may have looked better back in the day, but um, when it wasn't obvious that they missed a spot, it kind of looked like blackface. <laughs> just a little, just a little. Um, I felt like the effects, much like the mild sexism, did not age well. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, lazy character naming. Uh, Kimar is King Martian. Momar is Mom Martian. So on and so forth. Like I, I didn't like, notice that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it at first. And then, like, I was reading, like I said, I, I did research for this because of who I am as a person. But um, I can't, I like, I realized it while researching. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, oh, honey child. Um, <laughs> Sweet little child. So. <laughs> we, you, what you reminded me, though, Matt, with the whole with Santa's laugh and everything, when he finally gets to Mars and he meets uh, Gimar and Bomar, girl Martian and boy Martian, if, if you didn't pick mm-hmm. up on that, um, like so, it's him, the Martian kids, and the Earth kids. Not a word is spoken, nothing, and then Santa just starts laughing, and then like everybody <laughs> starts laughing, and I feel uncomfortable. It's very That's uncomfortable. So like, weird. Yeah. Um, the plot is all over the place. Like, I, it's, yeah. Um, I get that Santa is a super chill person, but I feel like it's weird that he is just so willing to work with the Martians, the people who, like, kidnapped him. And also, like, it's weird that the kids are, like, totally on on board with this once they get there. Like, they don't like Kimar in the beginning, and then they get to Mars, and they're like, okay, cool, yeah, we'll work with you, yeah, whatever. I had a random uh, thought yep. while you were talking about something else that bothered me. Because, oh. like, you, like you said, he, he's just so willing to start working with the Martians. And he's got the like, control panel to make the toys. 
and he says the this line of man my finger's really tired it's like that's not something you say when you're surrounded by children <laughs> <laughs> um and then the last thing that i had at the very end uh spoiler alert Kimar frees Santa and the children, and Santa just knows how to drive a spaceship. Thank you. <laughs> He's just like, okay, bye, see ya. Like, okay, d- does he not need an escort? Also, how are the Martians going to get that spaceship back? Yeah, it's so spare. <laughs> <laughs> really, Tabitha, what was wrong with it for you? Um, so there were a lot of plot holes floating around. Um. They fell through a bunch of them. Uh, they, right. So they know what mashed potatoes are. They have hot chocolate, chocolate ice cream, machine guns, and hamburgers, but they don't know what Christmas is. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have literally every other thing from Earth, and you're like, but what's Christmas? But also, they, why are the mashed potato pills red? I don't know. I wondered that, too. Gravy? Maybe they were supposed to be brown. I don't I, I, I wondered that. Um... It's always, it's also always the Russians, like, in, like, and I get that, it's always the Russians, and, like, I get that it was, like, the time period, like, it's the 50s, like, we're dealing with the Cold War, but, like, they're, like, it's, it's this unidentified object, it's probably the Russians, <laughs> like, it's just always the Russians, <laughs> so that felt like a cop-out a little bit. Um, I was not warned that there would be a polar bear furry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know either. That happened, and I was kind of like, oh, and I'm done. Um, the scene at the end that you were talking about with Santa and the laughing um, was 10 out of 10, one of the creepiest things I've ever witnessed in a film in my entire life. Like, especially since the little Martian children, like, their mouths were laughing, but, like, they were not exhibiting emotion from the nose up. Like, their mouths were like, ha, 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 everything is funny, but they had dead eyes, and I'm like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> at least the little human kids were like, their whole face had joy. and It, I, it was very disconcerting, did not, did not enjoy. I agree, though, I could use some of that sleep spray. That was fantastic. Yeah, where's Where that? Where do I get that? Yeah, need that. Uh, oh, gosh, what was that other thing that I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Oh, so, like, the moments where they were talking about, like, the military and like NASA and stuff like those scenes were too long. Like you could give me like a 30 second flash of like, Hey, we got some jet planes going after this object floating in the sky that we don't know about. And then I'd be fine. But it was like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes of like war footage. And I'm like, what is this doing here? Like this doesn't make any sense. And then my biggest complaint with this is in the toy shop on Mars, like, Santa's little, you know, switchboard thing is fine. But then up at the ceiling, and I don't know what purpose it served, but it was like a multicolored flute. Like, I don't know <laughs> that it was supposed to be a flute, but like the mechanics of it, it made it like look a like a flute. And like every time they would show the toy shop, that's all I could look at was that flute. And I'm just like, why is that flute there? Like, <laughs> focus on anything else that was happening because I needed to know about the flute. Um, yeah, those are my only, my only gripes. Where, uh, what were your gripes, Matt? Um, I have to echo the sentiment about the military footage. It's like, why is this a propaganda film? Like, where did that... Because <laughs> it's an American-made film in the 50s. Right? Yeah. Um, 60s. 60s, yeah. whatever. It's all propaganda. Right. Um, what was with the Planet of the Apes version of Gandalf that they had to ask their questions to about? Yes! <laughs> like... He seriously looked like a guy. He looked like one of the apes from that Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes remake. (laughs) But Gandalf, if he were an ape, like, that was so bizarre. I even said that to Kevin. I was like, why are we talking to Gandalf? (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, the, The set pieces definitely did not age well. Like, it's literally gas pipe attached to their helmets. They painted gold. Um, when you mentioned the toy shop, this made me think of one thing. The first time they're in the toy shop and Betty is reading letters to Santa and she's like, a dolly and a baseball bat. Like Santa flips a switch once and then once and you get one doll and you get one bat. When they go back to the, the toy shop, 
she's like, uh, they want to, they want to train. And he's like, wiggle, 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 wiggle. Well, yeah, and then this way. What? There's multiple cars on a train. They did that on purpose. But he did a bat. And he went, like, 600 She said three bats. No, 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 no. Like, when it came out as the bat tennis racket thing, he, like, flipped the switch, like, half a dozen times. He did. Like, why is it before you could flip the switch once, and now you got to flip the switch 600 times for it to work? Well, by that point, he realized that there was something wrong, so that's why he was, like, fiddling with it. Right, the mechanics were broken. But it didn't make your finger even more tired? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was just a mess. This was just... <sighs> One other thing that I thought about... Uh, so it's called Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> but at the end of the story, the Martians let him go. Like, he didn't conquer anything. Yeah, I was wondering that about two-thirds of the way through. I'm like, where's the conquering part going to happen? <laughs> I don't see Santa coming in as a barbarian. That would have been cool. <laughs> also, totally random thing that I thought about while Tabitha was talking. You were talking about the unidentified object. I'm like, um... It's an unidentified, unidentified flying object. Get it right. And then the next time they're like, an unidentified flying object. I'm like, at least be consistent. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it this is everybody's first time seeing this film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And last. Right. Yeah, and so, last. Uh, so final question. <laughs> is this movie a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire? Uh, Tabitha. I'm going <laughs> to be outvoted. Um, but would I sit down and watch this every Christmas like I do some movies? Absolutely not. If I, you know, get a wild hair up my butt in a couple of years, would I watch this again and enjoy myself? Yes. Because I love kitsch. And I love problematic movies about America from the <laughs> mid-century. So <laughs> I think this was a guilty pleasure. Like I enjoy I enjoyed my experience watching this movie. Like did I cringe a couple times? Absolutely. Did I go ooh a couple times? Absolutely. But I liked it. <laughs> Lydia. Do you even have to ask at this point? I mean it's just for proper bookkeeping. <laughs> Dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. <laughs> you can't vote three times. <laughs> Why not? Can I at least count two times? Because there's two of us that watched it. No. Oh. Aw. <laughs> Unfair. <laughs> um. Oh man. I. I wrote down that I wanted this to be a guilty pleasure, but like. At the same time, like, I had to recognize that it was a dumpster fire. But I've been thinking about it. And, Tabitha, I mean, you kind of, I, I think that you've even swayed me a little bit. Um, because aren't the best guilty pleasures something that you should recognize that you don't, that you shouldn't like? And I agree with you, Tabitha. Like, this is not going to make my annual Christmas watch list. But... I would 100% watch this again. So I am going to officially say guilty pleasure. Matt. This was the movie to end 2020. <laughs> 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 Fire. <laughs> Mitch, you and I will have to be the people who watch it together again. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Thanks. Matt, you and I can go watch something else far away from wherever they're watching that, okay? <laughs> something better. <laughs> so... Like Matt said, uh, we're closing out 2020. Um, hopefully, 2021 will become a little bit more normal and we can have stuff again. Um, so, tentatively, assuming something worse doesn't happen in 2021, you know, like, those killer hornets, they just kind of disappeared real quick. I don't, I don't think we've seen the last of the killer hornets, is all I'm saying. Plot hole. <laughs> so if they don't keep us inside for most of 2021 uh what is everybody most excited about um for me i kind of like i don't know it's it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like you know in past years i knew that stuff was going to come out in the next following year and like it's now right now it's like oh, i'm not so sure but um i am reasonably confident that dune will be out in 2021 and 
it was kind of like the first thing that popped into my mind. Like I'm for, for a property that I hadn't read the source material for, I am strangely excited for this book um, or for this movie. Um, I'm, I plan on reading the book beforehand. Um, we'll see how far I get. There are no pictures, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's just like I've got, I've got real good vibes on this movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, Tabitha. Um, when we were like thinking about this, like I hadn't put a lot of thought into it because I'm trying not to jinx 2021 for myself. Like I'm trying not to like make a plan because every time somebody's like, Hey, do you want to th- try to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, don't talk about it or what happens. <laughs> like <laughs> knock on wood, throw salt over my shoulder. Like I just, I don't have a good feeling about 2021 just to be super real with you. I feel like we're going to get more of 2020 and 2021, but maybe a little less extreme, but the same. Um, I didn't okay so like I never considered myself like a I want to go to the movies kind of person like I enjoy them but movies and concerts are like the only thing I've actually missed because to be fair my life hasn't changed much I don't really go anywhere um I go home I go to work I go home I go to work I still go home I go to work um but I have missed sitting in a dark theater watching a movie and like being submersed in a movie and the only movie I was really looking forward to this year was the new James Bond film. And especially with the passing of, um, why did my brain just Thank you. Um, like I, I need a new James Bond movie and I don't want to watch a new James Bond movie on my TV. I want to watch a new James Bond movie in the theater. Like I have done for every James Bond movie since Pierce Brosnan was James Bond. So that is what I'm, very cautiously looking forward to in 2021. Matt? Um, I, I essentially don't really have anything to add to that, but the same kind of thing. Um, I, I grew up not going to the movies. Like, it just wasn't something we did, um, like, as a family or anything like that. Like, we went and rented movies, and you watched a movie on a Friday night at home. Um, it probably wasn't until college that I started going to the movie theater on a regular basis, um, and it gave me the opportunity to enjoy some of my favorite movies with, and it's not a matter of enjoying it with other people. It's enjoying it on the full screen with the, like the high definition picture, the surround sound. And it's kind of like concerts. You get some of those moments of that, like the bass thumping in your chest, or there's an explosion and you just like, you're immersed in that. Um, and yes, James Bond is very high on my list of movies that I pray to be able to see in theaters in 2021. Um, but I don't think I realized how much I missed watching a Marvel or a Star Wars movie in theaters this year. There wasn't anything like that. Um, and I hope that we will have that chance next year. Lydia. So mine's not super geeky, but I guess music can kind of be geeky. I'm really, really hoping that we get to a point this next year that we can have concerts again, that we can have local music and bars again, because like there was things this year that I wanted to go see people perform. And there's so many uh, gigs that I missed out on this year. And I, I miss being able to perform myself. And I just really want to get back to that live music scenario and i'm really hoping that something else doesn't come along like murder hornets again (laughs) (laughs) that that prevents that in 2021 because i might just go insane at that point so all right as we do for the last episode of the year every year lydia tell us the shame bell count i think i ask this every year do we want to go from least to most or most to least Least to most, right? Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. usually how I do it. Yeah. Okay, so the winner of getting no shames this year is not Seth, because he has no shames this year somehow. Um, <laughs> that's but, because not Seth is the perfect human. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> say Patrick from LodgeCon obviously has his one shame from this year. Sir Isaac Newton has a shame from this year, and I don't remember what that was about. <laughs> Did I fall down? That 
feels like I fell down and I got real mad at gravity. It's <laughs> <laughs> a possibility. I think that was something along those lines. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Sanders has a shame, which, I mean, with all the KFC crap we talk about, doesn't surprise me. I don't remember what that one specifically was about, but... Did, did anybody is. else watch Recipe for Seduction? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Only you. <laughs> it, was, it was finger looking good. Oh. Oh. Lydia, shame. <laughs> We're not there yet. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Piggot only has two this year. Two regular shames. That's it. Tabitha only has four regular shames. I have three regular shames and one thick international Christmas shame. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so I also have four total. Matt has 16 regular shames and one thick international Christmas shame. So he has 17 total. <laughs> and of course, our winner, loser, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> as always, with 34 regular shames, seven thick international Christmas shames, one shame from LodgeCon. Total of 41, plus the infinity shames that he got on the 19th of December last year. Mitch with 41 times infinity. (laughs) I am going to say that I did better this year than I did last year. In terms of, like, not having as many shames. My my shame number has gone down. By two. Or no, by three. My bad. By three. I thought, gone I, down the, I thought I was in the 50s last year. You had 44, but you, uh, we all... Oh, no, wait. 40... Okay, you had 46 last year. My bad. But then you also had, like, an extra 10,000 on top of that. So, like, your total for last year was, like, 10,046. So, see? <laughs> this year was way better. <laughs> Times of infinity, dude! That oh, does, does... <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You do know what the word infinity means, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... All right. So on that note, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this year. We hope to uh, have you back when we come back next year. Um, you know, have a, it's, it's been a weird year, but uh, I hope that your holiday season is fantastic, that you have a new happy new year and that you get everything that you wanted and more. Um, I'm starting to ramble because that's who I am. So on that note, that is all the time that we have for this year of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, not, not that long of a vacation. Um, but in the meantime, we'll be posting stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, posting news throughout the week. Uh, be sure to give us a follow. While you're there, tell us what kind of cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and happy holidays. That's, you guys also say happy holidays. Oh, oh happy, happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> you gotta give us some warning, man. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I did. <laughs> but that didn't transfer to... I feel like that's pretty far for the course for us, honestly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm keeping this part. Of course. Bye. 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 <laughs>